I'm Ed Gross, and this is Voices from Krypton, the podcast where we speak superhero. And we're also pretty fluent in sci-fi and action. Superman Man of Tomorrow turned out to be an exciting rebooting of DC's animated films, taking the Man of Steel back to his earliest days in Metropolis and establishing his still-to-evolve relationships with Lois Lane and Lex Luthor. In between, of course, dealing with Lobo and Parasite, while being mentored by Martian Manhunter. As such, it's an intriguing mix of characters, which is one of the topics we discuss with the film screenwriter, Tim Sheridan. Over the course of the second of our three-part conversation with Tim, he also reflects on the influence of Richard Donner's iconic 1978 film, Superman the Movie, and shares that his approach to Superman, Lobo, and Martian Manhunter definitely took a cue from the original Star Trek's triumvirate of Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, and Dr. McCoy. And as if all of that wasn't enough, there's his belief that Lois and Jonathan and Martha Kent provide the greatest window into who Superman is. There's also character theme, thematic uh, 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 pieces of, of that puzzle that you can't help but bring into it after immersing yourself, you know, in the in the history of, of Superman. And also not just in comic books, but, you know, the, the biggest guiding force from day one for us was the Richard Donner movie. I mean, we said that movie was so successful in 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 a time when you couldn't really do the kind of special effects you can do today. Right. But to tell a very grounded story of if, if that movie was made today, you'd call it an art house Superman movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, you'd say, Oh, that's a weird little independent Superman movie. <laughs> and, uh, and that was, that was what man of tomorrow grew out of sort of, you know, that was so successful. Why can't it still work? It, it can. It's just that now we have so many resources to really, make the consequences and the stakes so big and, and world ending that, you know, we go, we do that because those things look really good on a giant screen. You know, uh, I, I have to wonder in the, in the time that we're in now where people are watching content on, on the small screen more and more because we're all in our homes um, because of the, the pandemic, you know, how much of that is really as important now? Um, you know, we, it's probably more important to tell the kind of stories that we were telling in, in Man of Tomorrow, you know, where we get to really drill down on the character. Absolutely. Uh, you know, even, even with somebody like, uh, like Lex Luthor, who, um, you know, without giving too much away, you know, is not, not, uh, not central to the entire plot of the movie. I mean, he's, he's there, but he's not. He's not uh, he's not the main villain in the movie. I think I could say that. Um, but, you could say uh, anything you like. I told you. We'll time it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So. Um, but we still get, in the time that he's on screen, we get to explore a little bit of of who Lex Luthor is in this part of, of, uh, of, the, of the multiverse. You know, I think from the beginning, the first scene with Lex... You know, we we tried to we started in a world where Lex is Lex, and most people know exactly who Lex is, but nobody's proven anything right. <laughs> yet. And uh, and that's when Lois Lane comes along, and it's what sort of raises her profile. And um, but but the the hubris that it takes for Lex to basically give away the store to Lois thinking that 
everything's going to be fine, that like, nothing's nothing can possibly touch him. I think I think that is so relevant right now. <laughs> yes, I, it is. <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, you know, like the billionaire who thinks he can just get away with whatever, you know, not to get into politics. I think, right. that, you know, I just think that there's there's a narrative that exists, whether it's true or not. Um, and what, what, regardless of what I believe or you believe, yeah. um, there is a narrative that exists about billionaires getting away with whatever they want nowadays. And, because nobody um, stops and, them and just lets them do what they want to do, seriously. And yeah, that's Lex. Yeah. And I think that so we get that right away. And uh, and that's but 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 we do it in a way where you learn about who he is. He, right. He's not just a, a, you know, a mustache twirling villain. And he's not a he's not a. Uh, 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 you know, he's not the, he's not a, 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 a the billionaire, you know, um, uh, who, 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 you know, he does, he does, he does terrible things, but he's, he's, he's not at the point where he, you know, you, you, uh, you know, right away the minute you see him, oh, well, this is just a bad guy in, in, in a cape, you know, <laughs> he's, right. he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna do something really awful. Um, you kind of still sort of believe that maybe he's covering it up well <laughs> and uh and and you know he's exposed pretty quickly um uh that to me tells a lot about who he is i think that lex we went into looking at lex the same way we looked at superman people know who lex luther is whoever anybody who is buying this movie who's watching this movie knows who lex luther is I, he's so iconic oh yeah you know all of these characters um you know, Lois Lane is so iconic. Clark Kent, so iconic. Yeah. Um, we got to have a little bit of fun with characters who maybe aren't as well known. I mean, you know, to to some of us like you and me, you know, Lobo and and John Jones are are you know just you know old hat. <laughs> right. But um, but I think there's a there's a, a large section of the audience who doesn't know a whole lot about them, and I think we get to. We got to show show everybody who who they are. Certainly, we show people who Lobo is. Oh yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> Lobo. Is, you know, is the is is the man of yesterday. <laughs> you know, you mean in terms of his attitudes and everything? Or <laughs> you say I the do. Man of I, yesterday, I, yeah. You know, you see him yeah. behave in a terrible way. Oh yeah. <laughs> in you know, just all kind. First of all, he's just out for money. You know, he's. He says terrible misogynist things. He does terrible misogynist things. He uh, says just he's just gross. He doesn't have any filters. You know he's he's um, you know he is he's very much the kind of of person we think of when we think of you know what we want to evolve away from. I, <laughs> yes. I hope, uh, and that's where you know the, the the sort of counterpoint exists for him and Superman. I mean, Superman is the man of tomorrow, and there's a scene in the movie where where you know Lobo is just behaving terribly uh, with Lois, and then the next thing that happens is is Superman behaves in a completely different way with her, and it's so much more upbeat and interesting and it shows you the kind of man he is. And uh, uh, I think that's one of the great things that Lobo, you know, brings to the movie is getting to sort of show that counterpoint. Which raise, does raise the question, let, let's, because I do want to talk to you about Lois and stuff too, but let's start with this. With Lobo, with Parasite, using those two characters, you know, usually you think of a first Superman movie, I'm viewing this as a first in a sense. Uh, you know, Luthor's the bad guy, or Brainiac shows up, or Darkseid's the bad guy, or something like that. Why the choices of Lobo and, and Parasite? Well, 
I think that Lobo and Parasite have been you know, very popular foils to Superman for a mm-hmm. long time in the comics. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. uh, I think that, um, you know, Butch, uh, in, 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 you know, he's, he's got a real, um, uh, he's got a really good take on Lobo. Um, I love Butch Lukic's Lobo. <laughs> and uh, I think that, um, that we knew that he kind of not only represented the, the opposite of the man of tomorrow. So that made him a good foil, but also this is a story about someone who is an outsider. Uh, you know, Kal-El of Krypton is, is a stranger, you know, in this land and he is the last of his people. And that's the same thing with Lobo. I mean, Lobo is the last member of his, of his race. Uh, and, you know, for very different reasons than uh, than than Clark uh, or Kal El, and and that's the same with Martian Manhunter. You know, so we thought. Well, I, I said, look, because and you mentioned Star Trek earlier, and yeah. you know, the great thing about Star Trek is that um, William Shatner. Tr- I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yes, but it's also DeForest Kelly and Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, very true. That trinity of the and not to get in too deep but the trinity of the id the ego and the superego um you know in superman man of tomorrow that is what those guys who all represent the last of their people are are you know supposed to be uh you know lobo represents the id um and uh martian manhunter is the superego and superman is the ego that's moderating between those two forces you know the absolute you know, no rules, no holds barred part of the personality and the the uh, the the measured, uh, you know, moralizing part. Um, so, you know, for me, that's how you present. That's the best way to present a, a, a hero character. It's a great way to, to present a hero character. It's why Captain Kirk is the, the you know, the best uh, thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. Star Trek, but, because but- he's got the support of of Spock and uh, McCoy to, you know, as the, 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 uh, the id and the, and the superego. Now, was that, tr- was the triumvirate of those three characters in your mind when you were writing this or no, it's just coincidental that it worked out. No, way. that was, that was, that was the idea. Oh, um, okay. You know, it was very, you know, quickly, I, I realized like we started talking about Lobo right away. And once we started talking about that, it became for me, I said, well, I need to have another, a, another balancing force working on Superman, and and it makes a lot of sense, I think, to show it fit in terms of the story of Martian Manhunter for him to be there on Earth to be able to be a a a you know a a, a moralizing force, a mentor almost. Although he doesn't, you know, doesn't give uh, Kal El the best advice in the movie. And I think that's another thing I wanted to show is that, you know, he, he may be sort of a, some, a mentor, someone who, who Clark can look up to, but you know, he doesn't really give the best advice, um, uh, because of his own experiences, because he, of what the way, you know, the way, the way he's, the way he sees the world. Right. Um, so it takes, uh, Superman to sort of put all those pieces together. And, and that's why, and, and I think you see it in the end of the movie, um, you know, Lobo, uh, is, you know, Lobo and Martian Manhunter, I think in this movie are still searching for something. And so is, is Kal-El. 
I think in the end of the movie, you find that Kal-El realizes that he's, he's found something, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that was, you know, because he's able to, to balance, you know, those, those different parts of his, of his personality, of his psyche. Right. I, I didn't want to get in too deep on, on all that stuff. It's just that, you know, the question is like, you know, why are they, you know, why are those characters? Why, why those two? Yeah. And I think it's, you know, they're the last surviving members of their people, just like Kal-El. And so what, how, what do they represent? If I look at them as sort of all three parts of the same character, what do they represent? And how do they, how do they help Clark on his journey? That, that was really what it was. Yeah, and and no, and it does work. And that scene with the three of them, I think, where Clark is the one who makes the realization that, oh my, you know, God, we're the we're the three survivors. Which I mean, you mentioned a minute ago, but the fact that he does that and he realizes it—that's a really heavy moment. Actually, it's a quiet moment, and it has real resonance. I think. Yeah, and then in typical fashion, Loba blows the whole thing apart. Yeah, of uh, so. <laughs> With he drops some exciting news, but I can't. I won't get into all that. Right, exactly. You but you know, you can't. Who can you really trust, Lobo? I mean, who knows? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you know. Now, now I did think that you know you brought up the the relationship between Clark and and Lois, and you know earlier, and I do find it interesting. This is a different Lois Lane. I mean, yes, she's the on the road to becoming who she we know she becomes, but it's very interesting watching sort of her ruthlessness and also being a little oblivious to the, to like what she's actually doing in some ways, like to the people around her. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that, um, there, you know, the, the Kents and Lois Lane, I think are our greatest window into Superman. Um, you know, we see Superman through their eyes, those, those three characters, I, I think. And, um, Lois, the the reason why Lois is so important, and I think in this story uh, in Man of Tomorrow, is is because she there's 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 so much that she has to to teach, or, or there's so much that super that Clark can learn from her. Um, you know, he he's this s- small town kid <laughs> from Kansas who you know, has an idea of what he wants to do, but right now he's an intern and he doesn't, he hasn't figured out, you know, quite how to get the next, the, you know, get to the next level. And he watches right in the beginning of the movie, you know, he watches Lois, you know, just clear a path for herself yeah. <laughs> by using her guts and her, you know, taking risks and, uh, and just being the smartest person in the room. Um, and, uh, and he, and he puts, you see him in real time, put the pieces together and say, oh, you know, it takes, it takes risk. Right. <laughs> it takes really putting, maybe I've been playing it too safe. Now he doesn't say that, but that's sort of the subtext that's going on in that, in that moment. And then it sort of plays out in their relationship through the movie. Uh, you know, it was, that was something that Jim Krieg, uh, uh producer Jim Krieg, uh, came in with at, in the beginning. He said, you know, this is the early days for for Clark. What does he what does he see in Lois? And if we're coming at it at a place where, you know, romance isn't, you know, this is the beginning of their of their relationship, so so romance isn't really um something we're 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 going to get to spend too much time with. Uh, you know, what is it I mean they're not just 
romantically linked. They're also professionally linked. So what is it professionally between them? What is it that Clark sees in them? Clark, I think, looks at Lois and sees what he thinks is the best of humanity, um, which is funny because Lois doesn't, uh, you know, she, 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 she can be, like you said, I think, you know, sort of ruthless and, yeah. uh, and, and, and she's so gutsy. But I think it's the gutsiness that, that really interests him, especially this Clark in this movie. You know, we start from the very beginning of the movie. You understand that there is a, a pathos. There is a, um, there is a fear that lives inside of Clark. And that fear is possibly what is holding him back uh, from not only becoming an ace reporter at the Daily Planet, but also becoming Superman. You know, he's just the flying man right now. Right. So, you know, like the, so. So that fear is the thing that ultimately he contends with in the movie. That's something that when I say it to you now, it's you know, if again, if I went in and pitched that specifically, I think some people would have said, eh, but where's you know, where's the big fight? You know? Right. <laughs> right. And, and I, of course, I would have said, you'll get the fights. Trust me. But yeah. but this is this is the real thing that Clark is coming up against in this movie is his own fear and his own identity and the fears associated with being truthful about his identity. You know, Superman fights for, you know, truth, justice in the American way, right? But the first one is truth. You know, it's why it's why I think he's a reporter, you know, and yeah. and if he's not going to be true to himself and to the world, like what does that mean? Um, I think that's a question he's he's grappling with in this movie, and we see him come up with uh, with an answer to it. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you mentioned that Lois is teaching uh, Clark. The, the interesting moment for me, for some reason, I don't know why this stuck with me so much, but it's when she comes to his apartment or whatever it is. I'm trying to remember what, it, what where she was, and he suddenly realizes he goes, "You came here just to get the story from me, <laughs> right?" And then he walks away, and she looks after him, and she goes. I would have split the byline, but she almost <laughs> feels like, but to me, it felt like he like opened her eyes up a little bit to realizing the kind of person she is at times. Right. I mean, she, she, I don't know that he's going to, I don't know that she's going to change. I like, didn't say that. Because she's, <laughs> she is, that's why she's so successful. You right. know, she, she thinks it's totally and completely, this is the right move to, right. You know, to do this. But um, that, I love that scene. And not only, and not not just uh, be, you know I feel I feel ridiculous saying I love a scene that I wrote, but um, uh, but uh, uh, Alexandra Daddario and Darren Chris are so good. Yeah, <laughs> they're so good in this movie, and they're so good in that scene. That scene to me was really tricky because it's two scenes, two completely different conversations happening as the same conversation. She is giving him advice about his job and his career as a reporter. But the advice he's hearing is about be, being Superman. Yeah. That's what he's talking about when he talks about this job and this story that he's working on, you know. And she's talking about something completely different. And ultimately, though, we're getting they're, – they're, they're coming to the same conclusion. They're, all, they're, they're married together. Those two things are the same story. And so it's playing on two different levels. They, they play it really well. It's storyboarded and animated perfectly, I think. To really uh, to, to to sell that point, and then you know that little twist of uh, of you know 
Lois being Lois, uh, I think uh, for me is sort of the the uh, the the cherry on top in that scene because it's it it shows you the di- the future dynamic of of their relationship as well. You know, oh, yeah. it, it tells you everything about who she is, who he is, and who they may always be. And it's it's fun because that's the thing about Lois and Clark. You know, when 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 it's fun between the two of them that's when we're all on board you know we're just like it's all firing when when it's when it's um uh, you know not not exactly moonlighting but right. you know for there's a dated reference but but i got it that, <laughs> yeah, right. but it is that sort of that great repartee yeah uh you know that old 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 time movie sort of banter um you know i i i, I that's the kind of stuff i i want to see with them and it, it's the the kind of relationship stuff that really keeps me engaged uh, in in a in a story like this. I also, you know, it's like kind of like when Erica Durant played Lois, who I think she's one of my favorite Loises uh, yeah. on Smallville. There, the, there's that thing. She forced Tom Welling to be more playful in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, as Clark, because he could be a little stiff sometimes. Uh, but <laughs> when she entered the show, she brought that whole element you're talking about in there. I felt that sort of spark in the rapport between people. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, this is to Jim, Jim Creek's point from the beginning is, you know, where does where would Clark ever, ever learn guile from? Like, where would he ever learn <laughs> That's true. that sort of thing growing up on a farm in Kansas? Right. Um, and, you know, the obvious answer is Lois Lane. Superman, Lois, and a whole lot more will be discussed in the third and final part of our conversation with Tim Sheridan. And if you haven't seen Superman Man of Tomorrow, you can do so through streaming on HBO Max and elsewhere, or on Blu-ray and DVD. And while streaming is fun, is it really as much fun as subscribing to this podcast, telling your friends about it, and giving us a five-star review? We say it isn't. We're not entirely objective. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.